Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We learn from chronologically, before Jesus had this encounter with this woman, he had just said, come unto me, Matthew 11, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, because I am meek and lowly at heart. And it is very possible that that woman was standing there when Jesus said that. So she knew he was asking people to come to him because They were hurting. She knew that he was saying to people that if you come to me and bring me all your baggage, I will give you a light luggage. She took him up in his offer and she came to him and she came to him. But obviously this woman knew enough about Jesus that she came to him with an alabaster box of ointment. Listen, alabaster for you Bible scholars, listen, the name alabaster comes from the town of Egypt where it was first found. Alabaster was a very expensive perfume, usually worth about a year's wage. So if you make $30,000 a year, then alabaster, an alabaster box of flask of ointment is worth a year's wage. Can you imagine going to Macy's and telling them you're looking for a perfume and you're willing to spend 30 grand on it? They don't have one. It was worth a year's wage and it was so valuable that a a woman who owned a flask of this oil would only use it one of two times. On two occasions, either one, number one, when she was getting married or two, when someone she loved died and she stood at Jesus' feet behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and to use her hair as a rag to wipe his feet off. Now, if you're taking notes, please begin right here. I'm going to give you five S's that I want you to see about this woman before we move forward. Number one. Her sin. You find that in verse 36 and verse 37. And number two, her sacrifice. You'll find that again in verse 37. And then number three, her sorrow. You find that, pardon me, in verse 38. So you have her sin, her sacrifice, her sorrow. Number four, you still tracking with me? Her service, you find that in verse 38. And then finally, her salvation, verse 47, 48, and 50. Her sin, her sacrifice, her sorrow, her service, and her salvation. Listen, preachers, teachers, 
Therein is an outline for you. That's a freebie. Take that outline, develop a sermon. You got a sermon. That's a freebie. And if you start making money on it, give me my cut. Anyways, Simon. So we leave this woman for a minute and we turn our attention to Simon. Simon is watching all of this. And instead of being softened, he becomes hardened and he starts finding fault with Jesus. And he said, if Jesus was a real prophet, he would know what kind of person she is because a prophet has special insight. And a real prophet would not knowingly let an immoral woman anoint his feet. But don't you know, Jesus has his way of bringing people face to face who would not normally ever come face to face. Did you know that? I'm going to say it again in case you were asleep. Jesus has a way of bringing people face to face who would not normally come together face to face. Don't you understand? Look to the left. Look to the right. Go ahead and do it. I'm going to wait. Watch y'all while y'all do it. Look to the left. The people you see on your left, the people you see on your right. Listen, if it were not for Jesus, you would not know these people. You would, and listen, if it wasn't for Jesus, you would not want to know these people. Oh, y'all clapping. <laughs> oh, that really struck a nerve, didn't it? It's true. I mean, let's just be honest. Look around this room. There are people in this room you wouldn't, if it were not the fact that you were saved, you wouldn't want to hang around them. I'll be honest with you. You know, if I were not a Christian, I wouldn't want to be around you. And if you were not a Christian, you wouldn't want to be around me. But Jesus has a way of bringing people together and tearing down walls and breaking down barriers and ethnicities. Isn't it true? And I tell people all the time, listen, I tell people all the time, relationships are formed at the cross. We are believers. We are family. Y'all think Sister Sledge came up with that. <laughs> Sister Sledge ain't come up with that. Plagiarism. We are family because of the cross of Jesus Christ. You know me and I know you because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And you, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. That's okay. And people who would not normally know each other. We'll know each other when we come to the foot of the cross. In this church, we have a biker's ministry. Some of y'all know that. We got a biker's ministry. Let me tell you something. I don't know anything about bikes. I grew up in Philly. We didn't have a biker's ministry. We took the subway. We got a biker's ministry. And I don't know, have you guys seen the biker's ministry? They got, they wearing all leather. They got their hair down here. They got tattoos like all over the place. They got Bibles strapped on their bikes and uh, bikers for Christ on the back. For goodness sake, my secretary is in the biker ministry. She comes to work on her Harley. The woman comes to work on a Harley. I can hear her coming. And I know because she got one of those Harleys and it's loud. I can hear her down the street. She don't know. I know she's coming and she's late. I know. And she gets off. She got all these leather bicycles. One time she came. I, I'm t- y'all know my secretary, Michelle. All right, Michelle, y'all know her. And, and I, one time I, she came to work. She, had a, she wasn't changed when she got to work, but she had all this leather stuff. I walked in and she just got in. 
And she got all this leather. I looked at her and I went, what are you wearing? <laughs> Pastor, I'm going to change, but these are my right. Look, I would have no reason to know someone in a biker's ministry, but I know they love Jesus. I have no reason to know them. And they would have no reason to know me. But because of Jesus, because of Jesus, y'all not listening. Because of Jesus, he brings people together that wouldn't know each other. He brings black folks together, white folks together. He brings people together. That's our God. You should be happy about that. Because you know what? It opens up your small mind. To realize the world is bigger than you. Man, you mean there's a big world out there? Yup. You mean there are people different than me in the world out there? Yup. The world's bigger than you. A lot of people in the world. But all believers come together at the foot of of the cross. Simon is a religious man. And get this, saints, are you listening? He thinks he's better than this woman. And people do that, don't they? They think that God grades on, listen, people think that God grades on a curve. They think that God looks at humanity and picks the worst sinner, which is me, and he picks the best sinner, which is you. Truth is, listen, nobody is where they should be. And even if you're the best sinner, guess what? By clue, you're still a sinner. Even if you're the best sinner, you can say a better amen than that, can't you? Even if you're the best sinner. Some of y'all think y'all good sinners. (laughs) Don't know what that means. You're still a sinner and you still need Jesus. God's law is immutable. It means it doesn't change. God's law is eternal and it's unapproachable. And every single person who has ever come into this world is a sinner and fallen short of the glory of God. So Simon thinks, listen, he's better than this woman and he thinks that he's better than Jesus. And he is offended that Jesus let this woman touch him. And isn't it true? Religious people are always offended when something isn't being done in a way that they think it should be done. Notice in verse 40 in your Bibles, Jesus says, Simon, I've got something to say to you. And Simon said, notice what he said in verse 40. He said, teacher, or as I told you, master, rabboni, rabbi, all means the same thing. That's a term of respect. Teacher. Liar, liar, pants on fire. This man did not even look at Jesus as a teacher. He did not respect Jesus. As a matter of fact, he didn't even like Jesus. He didn't even like him. Jesus said, Simon, I love how Jesus does this. Simon, I'm going to tell you a little story. You know, you get, I do that. Ooh, I'm starting to do that with my kids right now. That means I'm getting old. They do something, I go, you know what? Sit down. Let me tell you a little story. You ever do that? Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, just me. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you a little story. Jesus says, Simon, let me tell you a little story. He said there was a creditor who had two debtors. That would be Simon and the woman. One owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50, but are still both debtors. 
And when both of them had nothing to pay, the creditor forgave them both. Jesus said, Simon, tell me which one will love the creditor more? Please look at verse 43. Simon answered and said, I suppose. You know, I I, kind of get this as he reluctantly is give, are y'all getting that? He reluctantly is given the right answer. I suppose the one who gave the most. And it's interesting because they were thinking if Jesus is a real prophet, saints, remember, they're thinking if Jesus is a real prophet, then he would have special insight. Well, Jesus is a real prophet and he does have special insight. And the special insight that he has is not on whom they think he should have it to. The woman, his special insight is in Simon. Oh, they didn't see that coming. That's like Jesus kind of hit him in the head from the back, standing in front of him. Bam! He didn't even see that coming. And Jesus is making the point, both are debtors. You see, in Simon's mind, the woman owed more than he did because he was a religious sinner and she was a down-home sinner. And Jesus made it clear they're both debtors and neither one of them have the capacity to pay off the debt. And it gives up to the creditor and it's up to the creditor to forgive them both. And of course, you know, I guess that begs the question, what kind of person or who in this story would you identify with? Simon or the woman? Honestly, I think in every one of us, there's a bit of Simon. Can I tell you something? Are you listening? I think in every church, there's a bit of Simon. Religiosity. Ritual. Form over fashion. We care about the way things look more than we care about what's true. In every church, what do you mean, Rodney? Well, Jesus talked about in Revelation chapter 2, perhaps you're familiar, as Jesus was talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, you have a great program, you've got great stuff happening, there's lots of good works, you identify false teachers and you keep them out of the church, your bulletin is full, you've even accomplished many years of ministry, but Jesus said, I have one thing against you, you have left your what? First love. It is important, saints, that we focus on our first love. Husbands, wives, you can relate to this. When you first met and you got engaged, you were so in love. Y'all were so in love. Running through the tulips. (laughs) Now, you know that's love. When you're running through the tulips, you're in love, counting each other's eyelashes. (laughs) Now, that's not love. That's what we call sick. (laughs) But when you first got together, you know what I'm talking about. That's why you're laughing. You you, 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 you loved each other and you paid attention to each other. And and brothers, fellas, whenever you knew you were going to be in her vicinity, you brushed your tooth. You know you just fixed up, you combed your hair. You would never pick your nose in her presence. (laughs) Never. But then after a while, things changed. You got married years later. Now it's like, oh, it's just her. Now you, instead of, you know, now it's like um, you do 
stuff. <laughs> like, pull my finger. Wow. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. If it's your first time here, please forgive me. Seriously, don't judge me. Pray for me. I, I see. I need prayer. I really, I'm just. <laughs> but you've left that. You've gotten away from that. And Jesus is saying the same thing. When you first be, came to me like the woman with your tears, you were willing to let down all those walls and give your heart to me. And you said, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. God forgave you. And you were willing to do anything but Jesus. But after a while, you become like Simon. And look at verse 44 through 50 as we come in for a landing. Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Jesus asked this question because it was obvious that Simon didn't see her. He saw a prostitute. He saw a druggie. But what he didn't see was a broken heart. He didn't see a seeker. He saw a sinner. And Jesus is saying, Simon, you can't see yourself. You can't see me. And you can't see this woman, Simon. You are only seeing a woman that used to be. And that is why, my friends, listen, it's hard for you to reach your family members with the gospel because they see you as you used to be. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of used to be's in this room. There's a lot of used to be's in this room, y'all. A lot of used to I used to be. I used to be on drugs. I used to be sinning and doing things, adultery and fornication and doing things that were displeasing with God. I used to be that way. Now I see my friends and go to Philly and I see my friends and they, they say, what do you do now? What do you, hey, what's going on, man? You look great. What are you doing? I go, well, I'm a pastor of a church. They go, what? <laughs> you, you what? You, you're a, 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 a what? I'm a pastor of a church. What? You, you, you know, they, they shock when they, they can't even say it. They're so shocked. Why? Because they see what used to be. Simon, you can't get past what I'm doing because all you see is this woman and how she used to be. In this story, what we have a sinner, the woman, we have another sinner, Simon, and we have Jesus, the Savior. Two sinners, one Savior. The one who loved the Savior the most is the one who was forgiven the most. And that's why, saints, please, if you hear nothing else, if you're just waking up, please wake up, listen. That's why no one in this room has any reason not to be saved. Because whoever is the greatest sinner in this room has the greatest opportunity to love him the most. You can be the one to love him with all of your heart because of the great forgiveness that Jesus will show you. Anybody agree with that? Anybody agree with that? That's why. No reason not to know him. No reason. I don't care what you've done. We serve a God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. Well, Pastor Rodney, I'm, I, I was a pedophile. Man, God can't forgive a pedophile. Yes, he can. And he does every day. How do I know that? Because Salt and Light Radio Ministry, the ministry of this church, is 
on the air in nine prisons in, on Rikers Island. Nine prisons. Inmates listen every day. And they send me letters. And I'm here because I was a pedophile. But God forgave me. God forgave me. I can show you letters on my desk. I'm here because I murdered someone, but God forgave me. I'm here because I was a prostitute, but God forgave me. I'm here because I was on drugs, but God forgave me. I don't care what you have done. Whatever you've done, Jesus is ready to forgive you. And he will forgive you. Jesus said, I entered your house and you didn't give me water for my feet. That was a very common courtesy in that day. But this woman wiped his feet with her hair. Jesus said, you gave me no kiss. This was the way to welcome someone in your home. But this woman welcomed me by kissing my feet. Jesus said, Simon, you didn't anoint my head with oil. You know, you would expect someone who says, I believe in God to go out of their way a little bit, wouldn't you? Jesus says, you didn't go out of your way at all. Jesus says, listen, when this woman came in and she wept and she began to wash my feet, she showed much love. But you have shown little love. And then Jesus says to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And everyone notice had a problem because Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Did you get this from the text? They did not have a problem when Jesus says you are religious and judgmental. You know why they didn't have a problem with that? Because they knew that already. When Jesus said that, they probably looked at Jesus and went, uh, duh. Uh, tell us something we don't know. We know that already. Jesus says your sins are forgiven. Well, wait a minute now. Who is this to forgive sin? They have a problem with that. Jesus forgave that woman of her sin. And then Jesus said to her, your faith has saved you. Now listen, saints, we wrap it up right here. Don't make the mistake to think that this woman's works saved her. Some people use this text to say that. Her works saved her. Her works, listen, were proof of her faith and that motivated her to action. We are not saved. Please say a better amen than that. Please say a better amen than that. That will help me to understand 14 years of preaching wasn't in vain. Amen. This woman was not saved because of her works. The proof of her faith was seen in her action. We are not saved by our love. We are not saved by our service. We are not saved by what we do. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Don't y'all know, if you had something to do with salvation, you would brag about it. I know I would. I would. I'm just keeping it real. If I had something to do with my salvation, I'd walk around and go, you know what? I'm, I'm very saved. I want you to all know I am very saved. I'm probably more saved than you. I, we probably say that. Y'all won't say, it's church, don't lie. You're, we, we would all, we'd all brag about it. That's why God made it a point that you have nothing to do with it. Amen. He made it a point. Because you know what? Because he doesn't want you to brag about it. You're not saved by your service. 
You're saved by grace. And when you understand that you're saved by grace, well, then service follows that. When you understand that you're saved by faith, then that produces a love. And because she was justified by faith, she had peace with God. That's our God. When we understand what Jesus has done for us, I'm so happy. God comes to not only women like this, a sinner. You know what? Probably didn't put the name there. Because God wants us to scratch out the word sinner and put your name there. This is every single one of us. And if we come like this woman, God will forgive us. God will save us. God will restore us. He will take your nothing life and make something beautiful out of it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.